Fighters are living weapons who use their physical prowess to master their chosen fighting style, while sorcerers are the lucky inheritors of magic in their bloodlines, innately magical beings who wield their arcane power like an extension of their own body. Put them together and you have talent and skill combined, a spell sword with all the benefit of both dedicated training and inborn gifts. So if you're a player that usually goes fighter but are interested in throwing a little bit more magic into the mix, or if you're a sorcerer that just wants to maybe be a little bit more capable when a fight breaks out, this video is for you. There are several ways to build this multi-class, but they all boil down to swinging magical swords as an armored sorcerer, and if that's the goal, this is one of the best ways to do it. Fighters are always good in combat, but their playstyle often gets boring fast. Why not add an extra sorcerous spin on it and keep things fresh and or on fire? Literally. Sorcerers get access to practically all the same spells that wizards have, but with more spell slots and options for your favorite spells. There are of course some downsides. Fundamentally, we're mixing a full martial class with a full spellcasting class. So we have to work harder for our synergies than with many other multi-class options. Even the more magic-centric fighter archetypes use intelligence instead of charisma, so we can't even synergize that way. The sorcerer spell lists are a bit more limited, so with a limited spell list we have to get the most out of our few low-level spells. Our conjured weapon spell uses concentration, and that means if we're planning on getting into melee to make our weapon attacks, we're going to have to make sure we don't just lose our spell the moment we're hit. That means using feats or ability score increases on constitution, which takes those resources away from simply improving our spellcasting or our martial skill. Finally, just like with every other multi-class character, we're foregoing late game features like 9th level spells and 20th level capstone features to gain more versatility. We're going to reach our mid-game features later, if at all, and our spellcasting and martial progression will be slower than single-class characters at our same level. If you're curious when this multi-class will start to kick in at its earliest, there are two main ways to go about making a fire sorcerer multi-class, and both revolve around taking a small class level dip in the other and then focusing on the primary class. For builds dipping into fighter as a secondary class, we usually only want a single fighter level with the rest of our 19 levels in the sorcerer class so those builds kick in as early as second level with one level in each class. For builds dipping into Sorcerer as a secondary class, we want to get them up to second level, which means getting up to a third Sorcerer level and taking the remaining 17 levels in Fighter. So those builds will start to kick in in the fourth level with one level in Fighter and three levels in Sorcerer. Now let's get into the class features that we care about. The Fighter and the Sorcerer obviously have relatively few but powerful core class features, especially at early levels all of which will be of importance to our builds. Starting with significant fighter features, we have hit points. The difference between a D10 hit dice versus D6 hit dice is huge, and every level of fighter makes our build that much tougher, which is important if we plan on being frontline fighters. And then, of course, we have fighting style. Gained at first level, you get to select a fighting style that enhances a particular martial strategy. The option we're going to use most often is dueling that grants two bonus damage to our attacks as long as we're only using one weapon. Defense is also worth considering just for a flat AC bonus, and we have one build that can sneakily make use of blind fighting. Snagged only with a single fighter level, Second Wind gives us self-healing as a bonus action equal to 1d10 plus our fighter level every short rest. Bigger at low levels, but emergency healing often comes in pretty handy. And then gained at second level, we have Action Surge, which breaks the action economy and straight up gives us an extra action once per short rest. Action Surge is amazing on fair builds and downright broken on unfair builds. 
We do have a pesky spellcasting limitation that keeps us from casting multiple spells in a turn though, so it's closer to a fair use for us. And then we have archetypes. We'll go into them in more detail in a moment, but a lot of the fighter subclasses and even just the initial third level features of those archetypes can be incredible for the build. And then at fifth level we gain extra attack, which lets us make one extra swing every time we take the attack action. It's not as amazing as it seems for us though. Many of the things we're going for are casting a spell that uses a melee attack rather than making attacks, and the distinction is a killer for us. Now moving on to the significant sorcerer features, we have Sorceress Origin. Sorcerers pick up their archetype at first level, which makes sense since it's a magical power you're born with. We'll mostly be evaluating their first level abilities, but there are also some six level features worth considering. And then of course we have spellcasting. Sorcerers are a full spontaneous spellcasting class. This means we're an arcane caster, and we know a limited number of spells but aren't limited to a prepared list. Sorcerers know comparatively few spells, but make up for it with more spell slots, which lends them towards blaster caster over utility casting. And then we have Font of Magic. This is one big feature that covers our sorcery points. The short version is that we get a pool of points based on our sorcerer level that we can spend on either gaining back spell slots or on modifying our spells once we get the metamagic feature. Speaking of which, metamagic. Gained at third level, we get to pick two metamagics that are options on how to modify our spells using our sorcery points. As it is often the case, the metamagic option we'll likely use the most is Quicken Spell, which will let us abuse our sword spells multiple times in a turn. Now let's get into actually building this thing, starting with ability scores. What scores we'll need to focus on depend on if we're going for a build that's mostly fighter with a touch of sorcerer, or a sorcerer with a touch of fighter. If you're going for a fighter with a sorcerer dip, you'll want your highest two scores to be dexterity and constitution. We'll be using sorcerer spells that don't actually need a terribly high spellcasting ability, so we can make charisma our third highest score. Make sure Charisma is at least 13 to meet the minimum ability scores requirement for multiclassing. If you're going for a Sorcerer with a Fighter Dip, you'll want your highest two scores to be Charisma and Dexterity, and then use Constitution as your third highest score. In either case, Strength, Intelligence, and Wisdom are all unnecessary for our build, and you should feel free to use them as dump stats. Now let's go over the equipment that you should be packing. We're mixing Martial and Casting classes, but thankfully there's no Arcane Spell Failure chance in 5e and we can cast spells in any armor so long as we have the armor proficiencies. By starting out as a fighter, we get access to the full complement of light armor, medium armor, heavy armor, and shield proficiencies. Depending on how high we get our dexterity, we'll want to be using either the light or medium armors. At plus two to plus three dexterity, your best options are half plate if you don't care about stealth, and breastplate if you do care about stealth. Once you reach plus four dexterity or higher, you'll be better off with studded leather armor. Do keep in mind that if you go with the Draconic Bloodline Sorcerer, you may be better off with no armor at all. Shields are a bit tricky since we need to keep one hand free for an Arcane Focus to use our spellcasting. Once we take the Warcaster feat, however, make sure to fill that suddenly free hand with a shield for an extra plus two AC bonus. As for weapons, we're firmly going for Finesse Weaponry, which means we want the Rapier as the best damage dealing Finesse weapon. Now for what I'm sure most of you came here for, let's talk about Fighter Sorcerer spells. The Sorcerer Fighter multiclass has some very specific spells we want to focus on, namely the melee cantrips and the second level spell Shadowblade. Though with those locked down, most of the arcane spell lists are open to us and you should feel free to pick and choose other powerful spells from the Sorcerer spell list. First let's start with the Booming Blade and the Green Flame Blade. I'm lumping these two arcane spells together because they're functionally similar and we're going to be abusing the heck out of both of them a lot. Both of these cantrips use a melee attack role as part of casting the spell. 
This means we're stacking the damage these cantrips do on top of whatever damage we do with our melee attack. Note that this counts as casting a spell rather than taking the attack action. Note that this counts as casting a spell rather than taking the attack action. This is an unfortunate interaction with the fighter extra attack feature since we can only use that extra attack when we take an attack action. But it's a wonderful interaction with the sorcerer's quickened spell. Very strangely, with the rules as written, we can cast Booming Blade or Green Flame Blade, making an attack as part of the spell, then quicken another one with the melee attack and all. As for the actual effects of the spell, when you hit with Green Flame Blade, you deal extra fire damage to another target adjacent to them. And when you hit with Booming Blade, you force the target to stay still on their next turn, or take 1d8 thunder damage if they move. Both spells improve drastically at 5th level, with Green Flame Blade in particular adding 1d8 fire damage to both the initial target of your attack, and also the extra adjacent target. And then we have Shocking Grasp. Since we plan on being in melee anyway, Shocking Grasp is kind of a no-brainer. As a melee spell attack, we deal 1d8 lightning damage with cantrip scaling, and we get advantage so long as the target is metal or wearing metal armor. And if we hit, they can't take reactions for a turn, making this the good go-to for hit and runs if we need to get out of dodge. Or dodge. Get out of the dodge or whatever. And then we have the underutilized sword burst, which is pretty great for a martial spellcaster. Sword Burst hits everything next to you for 1d6 force damage with cantrip scaling improvement, and is worth considering as an answer to getting swarmed. And then we have Shield. As a martial caster, we really need to block the big hits. Shield grants us plus 5 AC until our next turn as a reaction, making this a relevant spell to have in your back pocket at any level. And then we have Silvery Barbs. This one feels a little like cheating, but ever since it was introduced in Strixhaven, it has cemented itself as one of the strongest reaction spells in the game. As a reaction, you can impose disadvantage on something and grant advantage to someone as both a clutch anti-crit tech and as a party buff. A great option for us as a martial caster, Thunder Wave blasts everything within 15 feet of us and pushes them back. We'll want to be using our sword most often, but this is a great option if you get overwhelmed and need some breathing room. And then we have Misty Step. You'll often need to position yourself carefully as a martial caster or get out of danger quickly after taking a few hits. Misty Step is an essential mobility spell for us that lets us blip 30 feet away as a bonus action. And then with Mirror Image, this creates a set of illusionary duplicates that also occupy your space and essentially gives you several free hits that absorb your duplicates instead of hitting you. A great defensive buff and one of the few that doesn't use concentration, which is vital for us. I would easily say that Shadow Blade is one of the main reasons to do this multi-class in the first place. As a bonus action, we can conjure a magical Shadow Blade that works as a proper weapon that we can use to make attacks with. We're proficient with this weapon as it has the finesse, light, and throne properties, and it deals a whopping 2d8 psychic damage. Assuming we get to take multiple hits with it, this makes Shadow Blade one of the most damaging spells or abilities in the game, rivaling even Divine Smite or Sneak Attack. You also get advantage on attacks with it so long as you're in dim light or darkness, which is damn near every dungeon environment ever. This is so strong that I still recommend using it at later levels and just upgrading the spell slot, since it adds 1d8 for every two levels above second. When it comes to feats, there's a single feat that you're really going to want with any build of these classes, and that's Warcaster. This is the quintessential martial caster feat, and it has three components that are pretty outstanding. Gaining advantage on concentration save, you can perform somatic components of spells even when your hands are full, and you can cast spells for opportunity attacks instead of basic attacks. Performing somatic components with a sword lets us ditch the arcane focus and put a shield in our free hand. Well, our now free hand. Finally, Green Fire Blade and Booming Blade are spells that we can use for our attacks of opportunity for all that Shadow Blade damage goodness.
Now let's talk multi-class builds. Ultimately, the plan is similar for most of these builds. It's just a question of how we want to get there and what we want to prioritize. Our goal here is martial spellcasting with a nasty magic sword, and there are a few ways to go about it. First, we have Shadow Fighter. This is perhaps the best build to exploit the interactions between Shadow Blade and the Sword Cantrips. To make this happen, we're going to start with just a single level of Fighter to pick up Second Wind and Blind Fighting Style. Then the rest of our 19 levels go towards Sorcerer, taking the Shadow Magic Origin. When you select your meta magics, make sure to pick out Quicken Spell and make sure to choose the spells Shadow Blade and Green Flame Blade. If you're curious how this works, Shadow Blade attacks are made with advantage, so long as we're in dim light or darkness, and the Shadow Sorcerer subclass grants us darkness as a bonus spell and even lets us see through our own magical darkness with 120 foot dark vision. However, to do that, it costs sorcery points, and we want to save those for more Quicken spells. Thanks to that single level of fighter, we're going to have blind sight, no matter how dark it is and without casting our own darkness first. That means in practically all situations, we'll be swinging with advantage. After that, it's just a matter of setting up the quick and shadow green flame blade combo. We start out each combat using our bonus action to cast shadow blade and then use our action to cast green fire blade using our shadow blade as the melee weapon. After the first turn, we can use our action to do this again, and we can also quicken out another green flame blade using our shadow blade, and this gets around the spell limit issue since green flame blade is a cantrip. To add that up, at fifth level, green flame blade goes up in cantrip scaling and starts dealing extra damage to both the target and an adjacent creature. Assuming our dexterity and charisma are both at plus three, we attack at advantage with our shadow green flame blade combo for 2d8 plus three psychic damage and 1d8 fire damage along with another 1d8 plus three fire damage to a second target. Then we can quicken another attack at advantage using the same exact combo. That gets us an average of 33, 4d8 plus six plus 2d8 damage to the initial target and 15, 2d8 plus six damage to the guy next to him for a whopping 48 damage a turn at fifth level. And then we have the Lunar Champion. Once again, we're going to take a single level dip into Fighter and take the rest of our levels in Sorcerer to try and maximize the potential of our Shadow Green Flame Blade combo. But this time, instead of taking Shadow Magic, we want to go with the newly released Lunar Sorcery. And instead of Blind Fighting, we want to take the Dueling Style. Lunar Sorcery is a funky archetype. We get extra spells determined by the phase of the moon. And every time we finish a long rest, we swap from one phase to another. We also get an enhanced Sacred Flame cantrip that can hit multiple targets. What we really care about though is the 6 level features Lunar Boons and Waxing and Waning. Lunar Boons buff spells from two different spell schools by reducing the cost of our meta magics for them down to one sorcery point. Waxing and Waning lets us shift what phase we're in at the cost of a single sorcery point. The phase we want is Crescent Moon that boosts up Illusion and Transmutation spells. Shadowblade conveniently is an illusion spell. Sadly, this won't let us reduce the quicken cost of our combo though, since that's technically casting green flame blade, which is an evocation spell. But it can let us make good use of another meta magic. We can use the empowered spell meta magic essentially for free on our shadow blade while in the crescent moon phase. Empowered spell costs one sorcery point, reduced now to zero, and lets us reroll the damage roll while notably also working with other meta magics. This means we get to do everything we did in the Shadow Fighter build, but now we also get to reroll those 2d8 psychic damage whenever we happen to roll low. And then we have the Shadow Blade Master. This build is very similar to the Shadow Fighter build, and we're still going for the same combo. But this time, rather than relying on higher Shadow Magic Sorcerer levels for higher damage, we're going to rely on the battle maneuvers to take advantage of our fancy Magic Blade. 
We want our first level to be Fighter, taking the Blind Fighting style. Our next three levels should be Sorcerer, taking Shadow Magic, and the remaining 16 levels should all go towards Fighter, taking the Battle Master archetype. With this build, we sacrifice the higher spell slots to use on Shadow Blade, but we gain extra ways to use our 2d8 Magic Blade. We just have to be careful which options we pick. We want to go for maneuvers that let us swing our highly damaging blade more times, but that don't rely on the attack action so that at early levels, we can still use the quicken blade combo as a spell being cast. Firstly, Brace is an excellent option that lets us smash that shadow blade into whoever steps up to us with extra damage equal to the maneuver die to boot. Riposte works similarly, except we're making that extra swing when they miss us with their own attack. Note that for these, we won't be able to use the cantrips, but we're still essentially getting bonus swings with our bonkers 2d8 sword. Alternatively, this build also functions fairly well, changing out the shadow magic for the divine soul source for subclass for healing capabilities. The divine soul gets you access to about the same amount of healing as if you took a paladin level or had access to channel divinity. I know that a lot of people will end up playing fighter out of obligation, mainly just to make sure that the group has somebody that can really deal damage when a fight breaks out. But if you're interested in adding a little bit of pizzazz or razzle-dazzle onto your fighting capabilities, this is definitely the multi-class to go with. It will make your combat sessions a little bit more exciting and just a little bit more devilish. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new videos like this every week. We also recently put out a book of magical items called Andrar's Vault, available over on SkullSplitterDice.com. And if you or anyone in your group is building a fighter sorcerer multi-class, I would love to hear all about that character down in the comments. Thanks again for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson from SkullSplitterDice, and until next time, farewell.